0: Again, thank you for listening, and we're excited to see what is next in your life. We are in every evolving community of visionaries, dreamers, and doers who have been called by God to live the lives we are created to live, commanded by God to love beyond the limits of our prejudices, and commissioned by God to serve. Called to live, commanded to love, and commissioned to serve. And if you cannot remember all of that, we have an easy way of remembering it. We live, we love and we serve. I want this morning, briefly, briefly, to turn to the book of Nehemiah, Nehemiah four, the fourth chapter verses 15 through 17. Nehemiah 4: 15 through 17. And I'm reading from the New Revised Standard Version, Nehemiah 4, 15 through 17. And here's how it reads. When our enemies heard that their plot was known to us and that God had frustrated it, we all returned to the wall, each to his work. From that day on, half of my servants worked on construction and half held the spears, shield, bows, and body armor. And the leaders posted themselves behind the whole house of Judah who were building the wall. The burden bearers carried their loads in such a way that each labored on the work with one hand and with the other held a weapon. Come on, let's pray, family. God, we love you. We love you, oh God, more than words can express. And we are grateful, oh God, beyond measure. Thank you, God, for these moments where we can pause and be still and see your power and see see your creativity and feel your presence, oh God. Lord, we love you and we thank you, oh God, for how you continually show up Oh God, like the seasoned saints used to say, you show up and you show out. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. We love you, Lord, for you continue to order our steps. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Nehemiah four fifteen through seventeen. When our enemies heard that their plot was known to us and that God had frustrated it, we all returned to the wall, each to his work. From that day on, half of my servants worked on construction and half held the spears, shield, bows, and body armor, and the leaders posted themselves behind the whole wall of Judah who were building the wall. The burden bearers. Carried their loads in such a way that each labored on the work with one hand and with the other held a weapon. Amen. Amen. I want this morning to speak from this subject. I was built to have full hands. I was built to have full hands. I have labored and lived and long and loved long enough to have learned some things over my lifetime. I've learned many things about who I am as a human being. But not only have I learned who I am as a human being and come to understand a little about other people, in my life, because of the nuances, but most of all, because of the challenges, I have learned a lot about my enemies. The longer you live and the more you understand how persons who seemingly have been shaped to undermine your future, the longer you live witnessing these people, you learn more about your enemies. There's something in particular, though, that I've learned over my lifetime that is worthy and worth mentioning. Your enemies have a hard time dealing with you once you become focused. When you become focused on some dream, some aspiration, some goal, your enemies get a little nervous. I got to say that today because there's some of us who are enemies do not mind where we're in the space where we seem uncertain and unsure, where we seem a little confused and even allow self-doubt to creep into our conscience. Your enemies love it when you seem to be scattered and inconsistent and unsure and not clear about your movements and your direction. But as soon as you get some clarity, as soon as you get a little focus, as soon as you are clear about the direction and the particular season of your life, you will undo and unravel your enemies. I speak now to particular people this morning, those of us who have been able to identify moments in our lives where there were people who seemed to systematically and consistently thwart our attempts at being the best versions of ourselves. I speak now to those of us this morning who are watching, who are listening, who can testify where when you try to pull yourself together and pull yourself up and get a little focus in your life, all of a sudden you found you had enemies you did not know existed because they were laying in wait until the moment you got a little clarity about your life. Here in this passage. Israel's enemies are numerous, but in this scene where Nehemiah is beginning to rebuild the walls after the destruction of Jerusalem and its temple, there were many who were not concerned about Israel's power, about the people of Judah's power because the city had been decimated and the temple had been destroyed. And and I won't belabor you with the story, but the prophet Nehemiah got a directive from God go and rebuild the walls of the city. And the thing was that Nehemiah was given the charge to rebuild the walls of the city while the city lay in ruins. In fact, in the passage, it said that the city was abounding in rubbish and trash. The remnants of what it used to be were now simply laying in ruins. And out of the ruins, Nehemiah was given a vision to build out of the brokenness to restore out of the woundedness. And as soon as Nehemiah, with his vision, fortified by God, supported even by some of his own enemies, the people began to build the wall. But in the book of Nehemiah, that fourth chapter, in the sixth verse, it says something that was terrifying to many of the enemies. And here's what it said. The people rebuilt the wall And all the wall was joined together to half its height. Why? For the people had a mind to work. And when they got that mind to work, when they were clear about the mission, focused on the goal, the enemies became even angrier. You see, as long as your aspirations and your goals and your dreams remain, remain linked to your language and not your action, you'll never terrify some folk. There are some people who just get accustomed to you talking about what you will do speaking about what you hope to accomplish, theorizing about your dreams. But the minute you begin to get a little focused and a little clear, and then you begin to pull resources, and not just any resources, but resources that dwell within you to begin to fulfill those dreams, those aspirations, those goals, you make your enemies a little nervous. You want to see your enemies have to pause and regroup? Get serious about your vision. You want to see your enemies get unnerved and undone? Get clear about your pursuit. You want to see people who you thought were in your corner show their true selves? Get focused on your future and in your present, and you'll see all of a sudden, in the midst of your focus, your clarity, and your conviction, you'll see who's really on your side. It said that when the people had a mind to work, the enemies came out of the woodworks. You know that story, Sanballat and Tobiah and Geshem came together and they led people to conspire against the people of God. They were making threats before, but when they saw the work taking place and they saw the conviction in the eyes of the people of God, their threats had to now become real, and they began to plot against the people of God. They began to scheme Against the people of God. And Nehemiah led the people when he heard of the plans to attack and stop the building and hinder the progress. Nehemiah and the people not only prayed, but they set a guard of protection around the city. You see, there's some people who just want to pray. Pray. And not protect. Oh, you'll get that when you get home. But there comes a moment where you must couple your prayer with action committed to protect that dream and protect that goal and protect that vision at all costs. They prayed and then they protected and fortified the city. And when the enemy saw that they were ready for the fight, the enemies backed down. I've had some great victories in my life, and amazingly, some of the greatest victories I had in my life came when I didn't have to lift a hand, not because the battle was not mine and belonged to God, but also when the people saw that I was ready for the fight. Your readiness, your preparedness has a way of causing fear in people who thought they could stop you, but when they see you're prepared for, no matter what will come your way. you will give them a reason to pause and regroup. I love it when my confidence coupled with my preparation causes consternation in my enemies. Oh God, when my confidence coupled with my preparation causes consternation in the people who thought they could undo and undermine my greatest aspirations, but they did not factor what happens when my confidence is at its zenith and my preparation has been maximized and then God anoints all of it and prepares me for the fight ahead. Oh, beloved, I know, I know there's some people who will say just pray about it, but sometimes you got to prepare for it. Prayer and preparation. Watch and pray. Protect and move forward. Sometimes that is what is required of you in certain seasons of your life. And it says that when the enemy and the enemies led by Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem saw that the people of God were ready for the fight. The Scripture says that they backed down, pulled back, had to replant and regroup. Nehemiah being the leader he was, understood that just because your enemy backs down for a season, does not mean they have disappeared permanently. You need to hear that today. You see, what I've discovered is that your preparation process cannot be fleeting. You must always be prepared because your enemy will always be looking for an opportune time to attack. I know it sounds like I'm speaking abstractly about enemy and enemies, but but you can fill in the blanks in your own life of who those enemies and that enemy looks like for you. Those people, not just any people, but those people who have been laying in wait to undermine, thwart, and undercut who you are. Sometimes they're designed to undercut, undermine, and thwart us connected to their inability to fulfill the things that they thought they could do. When they see you doing it, they begin to grow jealous and envious because they wish they had the courage and stamina and tenacity and sagacity and audacity to move forward in their vision as you have been. Here it is. I've learned this in my life that sometimes the arousal of my enemies comes from the conviction of my call. And the conviction of my call is in coupled with the preparation in my mind. And the conviction and the preparation cause me to engage action that pushes me in the direction of the vision for my life. And when you take your conviction, your preparation, and then your action, you will disrupt those who are stagnant and thought they could get you to stay stuck with them. Oh. Nehemiah says, yeah, they're gone for now. they'll be back. And so let's prepare. And I love this, and I told you I was going to be short today. Here's what Nehemiah does. He begins to position the people. While they're building the wall, he begins to position the people. Those who he set to be in the lowest parts of the spaces between the wall, he realized that there would be gaps in the wall. And until the wall would be built, he needed people to stand in the gaps in case the enemies tried to attack. Oh, God, I hope you can get that. He needed people to stand in the gaps until the gaps could be fortified by the building of the wall. That's one. And then he had people who were stationed to do this work according to their families in the lowest parts to stand in the gap one. And then he took those who would be prepared for warfare and set them in position with sword and spears and bows. I want you to see this. He had ones who would stand in the gap, those then who'd be ready to fight, and then three would be the workers to build the wall. You need to watch this. He had people who would stand in the gap, those who are ready to fight, and then those who would work on the wall. I need you to get it again. Those who would stand in the gap, those who were ready to fight, and those who would build the wall. They all worked in tandem, not one trying to outdo the other because they knew that in cooperation there would be victory. But then there's another group. And I love how the scripture refers to them. He said, there's a select group known as the burden bearers. And this group had a unique assignment, and I really leave you with this today. This group had a dual assignment. They had the responsibility of multitasking. It said with one hand they worked on the wall. But with the other hand, they were ready to fight. I need you to see the scene. With one hand, they were working on the wall. And with the other hand, they held a weapon. Work and a weapon. Their hands were full. I hope you can get this today. Because sometimes, There will be moments in our lives when we will be called to have our hands full. We're in such a moment. This past week, we saw the verdict rendered in the case of former officer Derek Chauvin. And many, many around the world and in particular this country celebrated there was a victory. And I know there were some who felt like it wasn't enough, and there were so many cases, and and we had a conversation on Tuesday night, and I reminded people that one of the ways that trauma works is trauma prevents us from celebrating even the minor victories, so we think that we're so conditioned to be angry and so conditioned to grieve and so conditioned to mourn that we forget that we ought to celebrate progress every step of the way and not belittle it and not minimize it. There were people who were mad on the day of the verdict because they thought maybe too little too late. Yes, George Floyd is gone and we were clear it was not justice because George Floyd was no longer here, but accountability My friend, Dr. Maurice Wallace, put it best. He said that verdict gave us a glimpse at what it looks like to redeem accountability. Because that verdict let us know that there's still spaces and pockets in this world and in this country where accountability can be redeemed. We're in this moment right now where we cannot afford to not be ready. To work and fight. That's the nature of our struggle and our journey. In some ways, it is, it is how I'm convinced we were built, that we can't ever stop building. For in our communities all across this country, There are people who are waiting for your power and your passion, your conviction and your courage to do the work of transformation, to do the work of of empowering and uplifting. But at the same time, we ought to be also able to fight the next act of injustice, to fight for legislation and policy, to fight against the despotic and sometimes demonic policies that seek to render the votes of so many of our brothers and sisters as worthless. So while we sit there and we build our communities, we empower our young people, we fortify the gaps that exist in our communities at the same time always ready to engage in the struggle because some of us have that special assignment to keep our hands full. I love this scene because it reminds us that everybody does not have that responsibility, but there are some people who are built to have full hands, they were built to build and fight, to empower and wrestle, to lift and be prepared to sacrifice. We do not get where we are without people who prepare to do both. There will always be many people in this journey with various assignments, but then there are those who were built to bear different burdens. And I know this word may not always be palatable to some people because because it's been such a long and arduous struggle for centuries to help this country to be what it claimed to be. But if we're going to help this country become what this country claims to be, there has to be a remnant among us who don't mind having their hands full, who don't mind working and fighting at the same time, who bear an unusual burden. But the good news is many have been built for this and built for this moment and built for these seasons. And when we all do our parts, great things begin to happen in ways that we cannot imagine or even fathom. I speak now to those of us who've had that burden to bear, who've had to multitask in the midst of misery, who've had to to do dual assignments in the midst of weariness, Those of us whose hearts have been wrenched time and time again, but still had to keep our hands to the plow because the assignment was bigger than us. We stand in a legacy of burden bearers who had to deal with subjugation and yet pour into people they loved who had to endure dehumanizing circumstances and still fortify their families with a, with a glimpse of hope. In fact, the truth is, in some ways, we all bear that burden. Struggle and strive. Weary, but working. Damaged, but not dismayed. Hurt, but not hampered. Because we were built for moments like this. When you look back over your life, And think about how those moments of your surviving and thriving were predicated on you multitasking in the midst of chaos. And look at you now. You've learned how to fill in the gaps in your life. You've learned now how to fortify the low places in your spirit. You've learned how to be ready. Enemies will keep on coming. Moments of misery connected to unrest socially and politically won't fade away. But you, you have been uniquely built for this moment. Shaped by an unwavering hope that where we are is not where we will stay, a hope that what we have endured has shaped our countenance in such a way that our strength becomes visible before you see our pain. We have been built for this moment, and you in your life, you have endured much, yes, You have dealt with much, yes, but now when you look at yourself through honest eyes and not a broken spirit, you peek in on your strength and your power and you realize that everybody wasn't built like you. But because of how you've been made, you've been able to handle some things that would have hampered some other people. You've been able to stand when others have crumbled. You've been able to lean into your strength when others gave into their weakness. You have done that. You didn't look for celebration. You didn't look for fanfare. You just did the work that was assigned to you. And you didn't mind having your hands full. That is who you are. That is the hope you give. Why? Because when people see your capacity to move forward and also see what assaults and assails you, they will be confounded by how you can seemingly glide and rise in the midst of circumstances that should have crippled you and broken you. And look at you a little weary. But strong, a little tired, but strong, strong because you were built for this moment and built for this season. You you who sometimes thinks that that there's nothing special about you or you think there's nothing significant about you, just maybe, just maybe you were born for such a time as this. You're the right person at the right time with the right gifts in the right season. To be a living manifestation of the transcendent power of God. And in your living, you become the embodiment of what hope looks like when it comes alive. Why? Because you made a commitment along your journey to heal. On purpose and evolve. You are hope. You are hope. Come on, beloved, lean in a little bit. God, we thank you on this day. We thank you, God, for even how those who we view as enemies, even they, oh God, have a way of pushing us to our strength. Thank you, God, for those who sometimes think that their efforts are undercutting us or undermining us. It's because they don't truly see us They don't see you dwelling within us. God, we thank you. As we rebuild our communities and build our cities and fortify the gaps in our communities, oh God, you've given special assignments. But then, oh God, we thank those, oh God, who bear different burdens. Who haven't been afraid to be on the battlefield for a long time. Who know what it means to be ready to work and be ready for warfare. Thank you for the burden bearers in our midst. Thank you for their strength and their courage. Thank you, God, for those even this morning who who have felt that dual responsibility and thought it was punishment and did not realize it was fortifying their power. Thank you, God. We were built for this. Lord, we love you. We honor you. And we are grateful that you are ever mindful of us. This is our prayer, oh God. And it's in your name we pray. And we say amen, amen, and amen.